As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. So it's four League Cups in a row for City, eight in total, and that means they've equaled two records set by Liverpool. But the crunch tie of the week is coming up on Wednesday as Pep Guardiola's side face PSG in the Champions League semi-final. It's going to be fun, I think. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. Yeah, it is, will be, won't it? Is it going to be fun? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> uh, no, it won't be. Well, it might be for some people, but not for me. That's uh, that, that, that's for certain. Um, well, right now you can subscribe to the Athletic for a special price of three pounds ninety nine a month for six months. That's forty percent off a full price. You can get access to great analysis and in depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad free versions of the podcasts as well. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod to get the forty percent discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod. Uh, let's start with uh, the League Cup win, Sam. Uh, just some some records to, to kind of kick us off with. Uh, four League Cups in a row, uh, as I said at the start, is is, is a record uh, joint now with Liverpool. If they win next year, they break that record. Uh, eight League Cups in total. That, again, is the joint with uh, Liverpool as the most ever. Uh, City now haven't been knocked out of the League Cup since October 2016. Um, Guardiola was the first manager to win four in a row in the competition. Fernandinho and Aguero, you'll like this one, uh, have won more League Cups than United. Those, those two individuals okay. have won more League Cups than United. Uh, no wow. team other than City has ever won the Carabao Cup. Um, Carabao extended their contract to uh, the League Cup until the end of next season, so City need one more to be the only ever winners of the Carabao Cup. That's that's my hope now. That's the best one. <laughs> uh, I like how I like how the Carabao is taking on this kind of like cult cult significance among City fans. A couple of other things to mention as well. Um, uh, Laporte's goal was the first that City fans got to cheer in person since Aguero's at Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup in March 2020. Both 1-0 wins. Uh, And City won the last trophy with fans present and the first one with fans present. So there we go. Nice little uh, nice little way to bookend. The the only uh, ones that count is what you're saying. Yeah, the only ones that count. The only ones that matter. Um, Yeah. Obviously, Sam. The uh, watching that game on uh, on Saturday, it felt it felt weird as a fan because I I always knew throughout that City were in control of it. They were in more control of that game than I've seen in in a long time with City. 
Um, and yet there was still the worry that the old city could come back and bite them on the backside and it'd be one counter-attack that undid them. Uh, but when it when uh, Hoiberg just passed it out of the, of the byline, I thought, yeah, that's not happening today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, like, obviously, like, I was I was joking around a bit and on Twitter I was like, right, I'll give it 10 minutes till Kane scores. But, like, the reason I did that was because I did actually feel quite confident that City would be all right. Because I just thought, like, not just a City playing so well and that surely they'll get their goal. And to be fair, I didn't expect it to take so long. I didn't expect it to be a set piece. But I thought they'll, they'll surely score eventually. And I was like, and Spurs, I just can't see it. Like City just had them completely locked down. And even, there were a few like worrying moments on counter-attacks, which obviously led to the fouls on the halfway line, you know, Laporte, getting booked or should have been booked twice Um, well we'll get into that don't worry yeah (laughs) Diaz obviously not even making a foul but having the foul given against him and then the ref clearly knew he'd messed up because he didn't book him because if you're giving a foul there you literally have to book him if you're if you've given a foul against somebody stopping a counter-attack with a tackle from behind lunging in you've got to book him so the ref he knew he made a mistake and obviously Fernandinho got booked as well for running across the back of Le Celso I can't remember whoever it was Um, so like if we're thinking PSG, then we're thinking they don't need that to be happening. Yeah. But yeah, as far as Sunday goes, I, I, I thought I was always pretty confident that City would be fine. And you know what? And maybe this is because of what happened against Dortmund and Villa. But I thought even if even if Spurs do score on the break, I reckon City will pull this around. Um, was it? Was I mean, it obviously, a, it didn't matter in the end. But that's the that's the feeling I had. Was it a tactical change from City that that did all that, or was it just simply they they played more informed players than they have done in other games where they've looked like they're not going to score? Oh, I mean, the difference between playing Spurs on on Sunday and, and Chelsea last week just well, the old cliche is night and day, isn't it? But it was just so different, like just completely different. And I mean, you couldn't really have a go at any one player in particular for being wasteful. But I mean, I don't know how the chances didn't go in. But it wasn't one of those days where you're hammering Sterling or Jesus, as you know, the biggest culprits for it. Um, I don't. I, I mean, there's always there's tactical changes from get from game to game. But I don't think there was any specific reason. Well, I mean, look, everyone knows against Chelsea, it wasn't so much the rotation, but the the system they tried to play. And we talked about the double pivot, and you know, that's in my opinion, I think that puts more of a burden on De Bruyne to go and do everything and create. And obviously there was Mendy there and City ended up let, letting themselves get into a situation where Chelsea's wingers were getting in behind uh, City's fullbacks, which like, you know, we've we've done a, quite a big article actually on, on City and counter-attacks ahead of the PSG game, which I, I would recommend when that comes out on Tuesday. Um, but I've I've barely mentioned the Chelsea game because I just don't think it's relevant. Like yeah. if City aren't going to set up, um, set up like that. And There's like, no point. City, might still, have the yeah, same, yeah. City might have the same problems, you know. Maybe you know, maybe Mbappe and Neymar just do a madness because that's just what they can do against anyone. But it's not going to be because they play like they did against Chelsea. So, I mean, in terms of tactical tweaks, it just kind of City just went back to what they've been good at for you know, six months now or five months or whatever it is, um, and just better players. Foden played like Foden is now like not first name on the team sheet because Guardiola's got an awful lot of those, and I couldn't even argue who the most important is. I, I still kind of think Gundogan. Um, but Foden that just has to play he just gives them so much yeah. but like Mares as well and I said this before like six weeks ago whenever it was I said yeah great he scored that goal against Everton but needs to do it more often but like he is he is much more of a consistent threat um, and then yeah obviously like De Bruyne speaks for himself Diaz speaks for himself Edison kind of thing so obviously he didn't play on Sunday Edison but um, almost didn't have to in a way and Stefan had that one save to do and he did it 
but that was it. Um, they just completely locked them down and just through the usual city way, I think. Yeah. You know, the, the false nine, which we've got used to. You I, think about the like the the so-called mad things Guardiola could do in a in a big game against PSG, which I hadn't remembered until just now. And maybe it would be something <laughs> mad. But um, like, if you actually think like the Real Madrid game last season, obviously it feels like a lifetime ago, but when he didn't play Aguero, you know, Aguero was on the bench and it was like, oh God, De Bruyne is going to be false nine. That was like overthinking central. That was what caused the meltdown. But if you played a false nine, like people are hoping he plays a false nine, basically against PSG. I think people would rather, I mean, Jesus, it wouldn't be a disaster if he came in by any means, but I think people would genuinely be hoping that, you know, it's going to be Bernardo playing false nine or De Bruyne yeah. in their swapping or, or even, even Foden if, or Mahrez, whatever. So even if Jesus plays, become the norm. we'll get onto this in a bit, I know, but even if Jesus plays, um, he, he, might could not, he, he, he could still be a false nine because he might not be playing centre forward. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sam, you touched on uh, Laporte and the, uh, I'm going to hu- use huge inverted commas uh, around this word now, controversy of uh, him not being sent off. Um Am I the only... Like, I feel like I'm shouting into a void on this one. That If he got booked for the first one, he doesn't do the second one, does he? Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of this. Obviously, I was I was at the game, so I didn't see the TV coverage. Um, but I gather there was quite a, a lot of focus on it. Um, and yeah, I've seen a lot of City fans making the same point. I think um, the coverage in the US was Craig Burley doing ESPN. And I think people were relieved to hear him say the same as, as you just did then. Um, but it, it's been... Yeah, you're not the only one. I think a lot of City fans have been saying it, but it didn't seem to be, um, yeah, referenced on on TV at all. That yeah, you you most likely like and look. Presu- I mean, maybe maybe Laporte would have done the same thing again, but presumably he wouldn't have if he had been on a booking already. Um, so yeah, it, like like you say, really, it's as yeah. simple as that. Like he wouldn't have done it if he'd already been booked. You would have thought. Yeah, well, although he did get himself in a really sticky situation again, and this this is the kind of the worry for PSG. But I don't want to. Yeah, well, well, we'll, I, we'll, we'll kind of cross that bridge if we come to it, and that's probably post game. But um, I, I was thinking it's with, a talking point. with Laporte as well. Um, obviously, he scored the goal that, uh, that 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 won the game. But right up until then, I was thinking he's not had a good day today. Yeah, I remember you tweeting saying he'd been. He'd been shakier in that first half, I think it was. Yeah, in the first half, I, I, thought, recently. I, I thought he'd had a worse first half against Spurs than Stones did against Villa. And I mean, obviously Stones got sent off, but... Yeah, it's one of those pound-for-pound pound things, isn't it? Because obviously he didn't have an awful lot to do defensively. But yeah, did get caught out in a couple of difficult situations. And like, the one where he, sh- the one where he could have slash should have got booked, I think should have, to be fair. But I think because the ref let Reguilon off with the first one, then he let Laporte off, which was just like, just just abide <laughs> by the rules, you moron. Um, but that one, like, he basically just like stood on the ball, didn't he? Instead of giving a pass, he just kind of fluffed it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if you do that on Wednesday, it's just going to be brutal. And that's kind of what he did against Spurs, wasn't it? In the Champions League a couple of years ago with the well, Son goal. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? That, that Laporte versus Spurs seems to have a narrative uh, because there was obviously the Champions League uh, mess-ups that, he, that uh, ended up with Spurs going 2-1 up in the away leg. Um, there was uh, he w- it flicked off his hand before Jesus scored uh, what he thought was a winner that wasn't a winner in the end uh, yeah. last season um, I think Laporte scored when it flicked off Jesus's hand and that was given as a, as a VAR handball yeah and then obviously it scored the winner in the in this cup final now it's like it, it's like he has his own little narrative against Spurs well also bad game against Spurs in November got dropped yeah forgot about that. Yeah, uh, that's funny, isn't it? And obviously, like that, the one where the inadvertent handball 
um, in that two all game at the start of last season at the Etihad. Like not not his fault at all. But yeah, it's funny how these things happen. Yeah. Um, but I think the 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 thing that look again, I don't, I don't really want to build up to a game by pointing out all the things that can go wrong because I'll come back to this in a minute. But um, it's all right. We're all thinking that anyway, so you don't need. Yeah, to, I know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I did see a couple of tweets about it yesterday as well. Like he wasn't great against Leon, was he? And then obviously that Spurs game before that the season before it's like you don't want that to happen again you don't want some kind of mistake to creep in but I mean look everyone's thinking of mistakes but what I mean by focusing on all the negatives I think I might have mentioned this before the other week um, but I was speaking to a, a coach at a championship club recently and he was talking about how they, they do all their analysis and I was trying to skip over it in case I have said this but they do all their analysis and they focus so much on what the opposition can, can do and go and they kind of maximise their threats as if like they're really good at this all the time. And look, when it's a Champions League, it's obviously different because Neymar and Mbappe are amazing. But he was like, sometimes you worry too much about the strengths of the opposition rather than the strengths of your own team. And look, you would like to think by now that Guardiola, and to be fair, this might have been a problem last year with Leon. I do think he was probably too worried about Leon's strengths and forgot what City were good at, which is what you know why he went three-man back line and deep, deep-line midfielders. Yeah. Um, but you'd like to think that now that's not going to be the case. But for us as kind of media and fans, it is easy to think, even, like, never mind PSG, but the Dortmund game, it was, oh, well, if, if Royce gets on the counter-attack or Haaland scores a goal from nothing, then City are in trouble. But it's like, do you know what? Dortmund are thinking about City. Like, do you know how scared they are about playing City? Yeah. And like, I think PSG is a bit different. I was speaking to a, a guy who used to work with a goal this morning because he's moved on now and he was asking me about City and De Bruyne and stuff. But he was saying, you know, in, in France, they're... they're they're relatively confident that the PSG will will go through, and the fact that City want the ball will help them. But um, but even so, like there's there's so much that there's so much that City can do, and like as much as PSG, well, really really confusing game against Bayern or tie against Bayern because the second game PSG lost, but I thought they were the better team. The first game PSG won, but Bayern were the better team. Over the two legs, I couldn't tell you who was more deserving of going through. Um, I thought Bayern over the two legs without Lewandowski looked like a pale imitation of City. And I thought City probably would have been better off against Bayern, even with Lewandowski back. So I do think PSG is the toughest test they will face now. And if, if they if they get through, then City you know, will be favoured to win it. Um, although it doesn't stop us worrying about Chelsea or, or Real Madrid <laughs> if it gets to the final. But um, the PSG game is very odd because Bayern could have knocked out PSG quite easily. And I think City are better than Bayern. And yeah. the games could go exactly like they did. And for all the, um, you know, everyone's worried about Neymar and Mbappe on the break, like rightly so. And the way that they attacked against Bayern, uh, the way we were looking at it and the way we were tweeting, and you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, they're amazing, these guys. They didn't they didn't score against Bayern. Like, they didn't score on the break. All the opportunities they had, they didn't score. And it's like, look, they, you would say if they had that many opportunities against City, they probably will. And it's not just because it's against City, but it's because, you know, they're top footballers and that's how it's going to work. But like if that had been City and they'd lo- and they'd, they'd scraped through despite losing the second leg, obviously that wasn't possible, but to say hypothetically they'd got through to the semi-final despite losing the second leg and missing a load of chances, you'd be like, oh, wow, they can't play like that, otherwise they've got no chance. Whereas PSG didn't score, kind of got lucky to get through. Their main their main guys on the, on the break didn't really do it and everyone's still worried about it. So yeah, that's my very convoluted way of saying we shouldn't forget of all the amazing things that City are brilliant at. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's tap into that a little bit because um, instead of reviewing what happened in the cup final, let's kind of use that to, to have a look at this PSG game because... Yeah. The one thing that I think a lot of fans were a little bit apprehensive about with the cup final was um, that Raheem Sterling was in the side after having had a, a, a run of games where he's just it's just not looked himself. Um, his performance against Spurs was a lot closer to what you'd expect from him. Um, maybe not quite there, but still, you know, a, a lot more influential in the game. Much better um, for sure. How so? How how clo- how much closer to to the PSG team is he now? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's like you're either in or you're out. So in that sense, no closer because I don't think he's going to start. Uh, you you just play Bernardo Silva, wouldn't you? And you're not going like you can't drop Foden, you can't drop Mares, you're not going to drop uh, Gundogan or De Bruyne for him. So so in yeah, in that sense, no closer. But he was definitely um, it was definitely a better performance. It was more encouraging as well that if we briefly touch on Palace for a minute which doesn't matter too much now because United's draw at Leeds you know that made that whole situation a bit easier um, but you, you, could, you might think Sterling will be you know more capable of, of putting in a good performance against Palace I don't know did he score two goals against Palace in that infamous game between the two Spurs games in 2018-19 I couldn't I think remember Sterling to, to be scored honest two goals there. he definitely scored the first one he missed a sitter and then De Bruyne put him through with the most slide rule, just completely vertical pass up the pitch, and he hammered it in. And I think the second one was a bit of a tapping at the far post. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, but I would be surprised if he started against PSG. I think Bernardo has to come back in. I think the reason he didn't play yesterday was because he's being rested. Um, yeah, I just think that would be the case. So there's interesting selections elsewhere, but I... I I think Bernardo versus Sterling, if you will, is a bit more cut and dried. But I suppose it goes to show that, and look, Guardiola doesn't really bring on subs to change the game, does he? Um, you know, he was going to bring on Rodri yesterday anyway, even if it was nil-nil. Yeah. Um, he doesn't bring on subs to change the game in the way that we would think if we were in charge of that team, the subs we would bring on. But maybe if he needs Sterling, he might be a bit more confident that he can come on and do something. Um, but even so, like he, he brought him on against Dortmund, didn't he, in, in the second leg? Yeah, um, and he obviously had that that classic Sterling mess of running running through clean on goal and not doing anything with it. So maybe that'll be the case again. But yeah, he's he was certainly better, and it's um, just very positive, really, because I know it seems like City are really really close now, but they're gonna they are still gonna need you know thirteen fourteen players, not just a, not just like ten or eleven. So yeah, um, yeah. Promising stuff, considering like considering like that everyone kind of assumes it's his confidence. It's gone. Like it just it was better to see him playing more confidently anyway. Even if like you say the end product wasn't there. 
Yeah, there was a couple of times where he where he he beat his man and then chopped back and beat them again, and I just thought that that's the sort of thing that's been going wrong for him recently. So that that it was working for him, and okay, it didn't quite happen with you know creating the chance or creating the finish, but it was you know, like you say encouraging signs. Um, yeah. You mentioned I saw your tweet uh, about Phil Foden because uh, you're absolutely bang on on this one. He is got he is itching to score one of the best goals of all time, isn't he? <laughs> it just seems like. He's just going like because it, basically because he did it against Spurs and he did it against Villa, and just the way he, the ball sticks to him and the way he wriggles past people, like he is going to do that in the box one day and he is going to get past two or three of them, and look he might not do it to the goalkeeper as well but he might just bang it in, and it's it's just going to look beautiful because it's one of those again we talk about this all the time you can see it developing in slow motion your mind's working a million miles a second, and you're just thinking oh my god like. With every little touch he does, you just think this is getting better and better. And if he can get a shot off and score it, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. And look, it might not be bail overhead overhead kick against Liverpool in the Champions League final kind of wow, take your breath away. But if he does do something like that, let never mind big Champions League games. Just like in any bog standard game, it's going to be really special. Especially like I just feel like Gundogan has to be involved as well. If I'm going back to my really stupid criteria of perfect goals, <laughs> I just feel like he needs to bounce the pass off Gundogan. You know, Gundogan just a little half touch just to get, give it back to him, and then he goes past another couple. Like that's it's going to happen one day. Although that said, I remember in January saying City are going to score a counter attack goal this we're season. Still, we're still waiting, and, and it's going to be amazing. And now I'm like, this is never going to happen ever again. But I mean, if it does click for City on the counter attack, though. It will be brilliant because just the way they get out of trouble with like one or two passes from their own box and then everyone's in, that's really great. But I mean, the problem is they get they can get eighty yards up the pitch and then the last twenty yards is a shambles. But you never know; they might be saving one up. It does. It, it works better with Foden, though, doesn't it? That's that's the, the thing. It, it seems he seems to bring a lot more energy to the to the the forward line. That is yeah. kind of. I I, I use this. I, I, it's going to sound like I'm having a bit of a go at him, but it's a bit more chaotic. Does that make sense? It's a bit more unpredictable. Um, yeah, in the sense of making things happen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because, like, and the, I mean, the interesting thing is, and I suppose the difference as well is he's playing well, and, and and Sterling hasn't been. But like, you can get you can get Sterling to dribble at a man and and take take you up the pitch. But it's like you can give Foden the ball with his back to goal, whether he's on the forward line or you know dropping you know onto halfway line or whatever. And the way he turns and opens his body up and then swivels around and goes, he can leave two or three men standing with that and then he just glides forward. And he's he's immediately 20, 25 yards up the pitch without realising what's happened. And obviously all the players go with him. And then he's you know he's running at the defence. And like what happens most of the time is he just gets fouled. And I think that was the one that Regulon got away with, wasn't it? The first one. Yeah. Because I think Foden had wriggled away from two of them and then Regulon took him out. Um. And I just think that's that's how he does it. That's that is how he injects that impetus into City, and like, that's the kind of thing that City were crying out for earlier in the season when they weren't playing that well. But Guardiola was reluctant to do it because he was maybe it was the element of chaos in the bad sense that you mentioned then, even if he didn't mean it like that. There was, I think, like, you know, Guardiola wanted it to be predictable at the start of the season. Guardiola wanted yeah. it to be very safe, didn't he? Like he was trying to control the games. And be very safe, short passing. Just you know, if anyone if anyone's going to be playing balls forward, it was going to be De Bruyne or Cancelo, and that was basically it. Um, everything was just very safe, and he didn't want Foden going in and trying all the stuff that he wants to try and can try. But now, obviously, everything's clicked together, and it's it's a lot more solid. And they don't need c- to control games by being so stodgy and dour. Um, 
like it just suits Foden much better. But like to be fair, if City had done it earlier, you know, it's not Foden's fault that he wasn't playing necessarily at the start of the season. There were a couple of games he didn't play particularly well in. I'm thinking, I can't remember which ones, but midweek Champions League games before Liverpool and and sit uh, and United didn't help him. Um, but it genuinely wasn't wasn't really Foden's fault when he didn't play. It was Guardiola just wanting somebody who was going to be ultra safe with it. Um, yeah. Maybe that's a bit harsh on Guardiola, but that's how I seem to remember it and would and would categorize it now. Um, I, I almost yeah, think he just fits in at the moment. There's 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 and also like especially when De Bruyne doesn't play. Although this isn't one of those. Oh, are they better with De Bruyne or not? But especially when De Bruyne doesn't play. You know, when it's Bernardo and Gundogan and everyone's passing it around and it's all, it's very controlling and it's very successful as we've seen. But they do need somebody like Foden to just take out a couple of men with a run and a dribble and just get get past people, get the defence and move people up the pitch. That's exactly what they need. Um, and especially with Sterling not playing particularly well. Um, it's just, it's just perfect. And he knows, obviously, he knows all the runs to make. That's how he... He managed to switch the play against Villa last week and got into the perfect spot to to tap it away. He yeah he missed that chance against Dortmund, didn't he? Where there was a pullback from the right and he hits it with his instep and it went straight at the keeper. But again, in the right position, um, yeah, he just still he just, got just one across to happen. him in the in the, uh, the first half against Dortmund, uh, against uh, Spurs as well. Then, uh, but it was it was drilled at him. Yeah, and that couldn't block. quite steer it. Yeah. Oh, and then the block from uh, I yeah, can't the block who blocked was, it. Yeah, was Alderweireld. Yeah. I was incredible. Um, that was a shame, like because I think Foden was really like, oh god, like, how how has that not got in? I think he was gutted not to score that one. Um, but that's just a again. That was like I said earlier. And I don't think anybody was particularly culpable for missing a load of chances and being really bad at it. It's just it just, an it just transpired block, that yeah. chances didn't go in, and that one kind of summed it up the most. Like there was nothing really you could blame phone for there it was just a ridiculous block yeah yeah um well let's let's focus on the other areas of the team for this uh, coming psg game sam we touched on the port um obviously this is this is the only game that stones is available for for the next kind of week or so yeah. um does he come back in i think i think so partly because of what we said earlier about laporte having a few worrying moments on Sunday. Um, and partly because, I know Stan has been a bit shaky recently, but partly because he's just been reliable all season. I think maybe Guardiola will trust him. Yeah, and I mean, as much um, as I said that I thought Stones had a better first half against Villa than Laporte had first half against Spurs, I still don't think Stones had it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he had a great first half. You know, he did, he still, he got caught under the ball for their goal and he got sent off. So yeah, it's not it's, not ideal. It's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Um, I don't know, but, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Stones just because, like I say, he's been reliable this season and Guardiola might trust him and, you know, he's worked hard and all that and his attitude's been good, I, I believe, this season. I'm sure, well, I'm sure it has, has been good because he's been playing, so he'll be happy. Uh, not necessarily the case with Laporte. Um, so maybe that will factor in his thinking. The other thing is, like you say, though, Stones can't play against Palace anyway. So if you're thinking about some kind of strong team against Palace. And I don't think it's going to be that strong a team against Palace. I might be wrong, but with United drawing against Leeds and and City, yeah, I do. And City that close to winning the title, yes, of course, they would love to beat Palace and get it done. But given the second leg against PSG is next week, like, again, if we're talking calculated risks, just, I, I actually think it would make sense to do another Leeds lineup. Get Torres on, get Aguero on, get Jesus on, 
Mendy. Well, you might not need Mendy to be fair. You could play Ake, I'm sure. Um, I would make a load of changes and just you know make sure everything everything is as good as it could possibly be for the second leg against PSG. Um, but if you've got that option there to play one of Stones or Laporte, then it might make sense to to play Stones against PSG and then keep Laporte for Palace just because Stones is banned. So yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm if I'm guessing if I'm guessing I think he might go with Stones. The left-footed element, as we've seen, well, we I was wondering if the left foot, could the left-footed element come from Sinchenko. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the other interesting one is him and Cancelo. But I think what we saw against Dortmund was, you know, we talked about it beforehand. I wrote an article about it, but part of the discussion and part of the article was, well, maybe it just won't be an issue. You know, maybe Guardiola will just do something else. And yeah, this is part of the article I've done on City. You know, how they stop counterattacks. Um, which is coming out on Tuesday. Um, you know, the, there's loads of stuff in there, but how they always like to have numerical superiority at the back and, and this kind of thing. And you know, they might not do the the three o'clock across the back, which you know they went back to at Spurs at the weekend. They might they might try something else because they might expect Neymar and Mbappe to stay up there all the time. So they always need I don't know. They always need three back, but maybe they do it in a different in a different way. Um, they, like like we said before, there's there's a million different things to consider. It's not just the left footed thing. Like, that's one quite specific tactical detail that us as kind of media and, you know, fans as well have have picked up on. But there'll be a million things we haven't. So, yeah, it's difficult to say. I, I'm i still, if I had to guess, I'd say Stones. As for Cancelo and Zinchenko, again, I'm, I'm kind of thinking now, and this might just not be the case whatsoever, but I'm thinking if all things are being equal and it's a kind of a toss-up, then maybe Guardiola is going by attitude and and you know how they react when they don't play because I think Sinchenko's better at that than Cancelo is um, and obviously Cancelo had a bit of a dip recently but I thought he was I thought he was really good on Sunday in fact like for the for the League Cup finals like Wembley staff go around and ask the journalists because it's um, like the journalists pick the man of the match and last time I was there did they I can't even remember oh it was Villa last year I didn't go um, last time was the Chelsea game when it was nil-nil. And I remember saying Aguero, I was like, you're never going to give it to Aguero in a nil-nil eye. But I thought it's been really good. And I said to him yesterday, I was like, who's winning so far? He said, Mares. I was like, you're never going to give it to Cancelo, are you? But if, I'm, if you're making me say, who do I think has been the best City player, then Cancelo really stood out to me. And I wonder if he's going to get back into the team because if he's playing well and he doesn't give the ball away stupidly, which was his problem against Dortmund and then Leeds, um, he's got that the physicality and the pace that um, Zinchenko doesn't have and that might be needed against PSG but then with Zinchenko you might have fewer chances to lose the ball and need to chase them back anyway if, you're, if you've if got Zinchenko and he's controlling it and he provides that left footed option and it helps you outnumber them at the back and he can go into midfield and do this that and the other um, yeah it's it's really interesting and they're the only two that I'm not sure about yeah, I mean, the, guess, the, the other side, Walker has to play because of... I think Walker has to yeah, play. He's um, covering the counter-attack. I, I think the team will be, obviously, Edison, Walker, Diaz. I'm going to guess Stones. I'm less sure, actually, about the left-back situation. I, I honestly don't know, but I'd get, I guess Stones and then Zinchenko, if I'm using the same logic of they're both happier when they don't play or, you know, deal with it better. Um, and then I think from there, it's quite obvious. Yeah. Rodri, De Bruyne, Gundogan. Uh, Mares, Bernardo, Foden. Even though I don't know exactly how it's going to look, I don't know who's going to be in that kind of false nine position. It could be any of them, but I'm um, that front six, as it were. 
including Rodri. I think that's that's quite obvious. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Obviously, Mbappe. Uh, there was the talk of that he wouldn't be fit for this one. It's looking like he is going to be fit for for this one. Um, is there is there a danger that City kind of like we we're talking about before worry too much about what he can do on the counter attack? Because I, I always think. It sounds really weird, this one, and bear with me, because when City came up against Barcelona in Guardiola's first season and they lost 4-0 at the Nou Camp, and all the talk was about uh, how how on earth were they going to cope with uh, Messi, Neymar and Suarez. And up until Bravo was sent off, I felt they were they were dealing with it really well, simply by yeah. ignore, ignoring them and cutting the supply off. Is there a way yeah. to just ignore the danger that Mbappe and Neymar pose and just make sure the ball never gets to them? I think if we're judging on the Dortmund games and the fact that you know people were expecting maybe a mad lineup selection, um, but it didn't happen, and he basically played the same kind of team that he did against Gladbach, and it's it was just very much focused on City. Um, controlling the game through keeping the ball and again this is going to be in the article I I do think it, it's one of those where I can say it's really good because it's not just what I'm saying I've gone and asked people who know more than I do and I've written it down so it's going to be like it's an insightful thing um, so there's loads of stuff in there about how they do it and I just think again like Leon, the Leon game is a big mystery that I would like to get to the bottom of one day because look, maybe Guardiola could like I've said a million times he could just sit us down and say well no I thought this was the best way of doing it and I could say yeah but did you not think that that killed how creative you were and he might just say no because of this that and the other and fine it's, it's, it's big it does... the Loch Ness Monster and UFOs you're never going to get to the bottom of it I don't think it's it's one of those that I think will forever be a mystery <laughs> possibly sometimes with those things when people around him want to kind of justify it they let you know um but maybe there was no maybe there was no justification. Maybe he did, you know, as we suggest. Um, maybe he did, he did just like worried about it too much, and he forgot what made. The thing is, though, while we talk about this, it's easier to forget what makes City good last season because there was so much of we need to keep the back door closed, otherwise yeah. you're not going to get anywhere. Like that, that was the thinking among you know Guardiola and the, probably the players and the fans, wasn't it? So I can see why he did it. But um, yeah, anyway, not going to happen. I, th- I think he. I think he'll stick with the same kind of teams as, as against Gladbach and against Dortmund, and it will be as you say, keep the ball, put up high pressure. Exactly as he said after the Dortmund game, he said, the, "I picked the team with players who who are good at keeping the ball." He goes, "Don't don't let them have it. If they do, then you know you sit back, mid block, low block, defend, stay compact." And it has to be that again, like Dortmund. Uh, Obviously, it's not all counter-attack, right? So it's not all City are attacking and all of a sudden they lose the ball and then they all flood forward. You know, sometimes Dortmund can just get the ball and all of a sudden they play a very fast pass up through the lines and up to Royce or somebody in space in front of the defence. They did that a lot, Dortmund. Um, and if um, PSG do that, then, you know, City will have some problems as well, exposing the defence. But Dortmund didn't have a single counter-attack against City in the second leg. And again, we again, this goes back to me saying... 
And, you know, I was guilty of it as anyone saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, what if, what if Haaland scores a goal out of nothing or whatever? But you'd forget that City can do that. City can stop teams doing it all together. And look, it's not the best time to make that point because they had a few concerns on the counter with Tottenham that they basically ended with, with fouls on halfway. Yeah. And they won't be able to do that quite as much against PSG. But it is possible for City, like you say, just to cut off the supply altogether. Um, and they completely caged Haaland. Again, it would be different because Neymar Neymar sometimes stays up with Mbappe and Mbappe stays up up against the centre-backs when PSG are defending. Neymar sometimes stays up with him but sometimes drops off and they're going to have to work out who's keeping an eye on Neymar. I wonder if it'd be Carl Walker just in the sense of... Because Walker won't attack anyway. He'll be there kind of providing an option but his positioning will make sure that he might be the first one to Neymar. Um, but this is just the this is just the interesting balance because, like I say, if if Neymar does stay high up the pitch, then PSG are defending with fewer men than Dortmund did, and City will have more space. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. And like, it's Pochettino, so he's no mug. Like he, yeah. he will work out something. And obviously, Guardiola is even better than Pochettino. So yeah, it, it is going to be fascinating. And to go right back to the start of you saying it'll be fun, I mean, it, it may well be fun. Um, but I mean, from a fan point of view, I know, you know, it's it's not always it's not always fun, is it? The only way this game, the only <laughs> way this game is, is fun, so, so tense. Yeah, the so only tense. the only way this game is fun is if City get a couple of away goals really early. Just you know, <laughs> just settle the nerves in that sense. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, like, what what what's a good result to come away from here? Because, like, they are away from home. They have. I mean, we talk about leeway in the in the runnings. All the leeway this season is in the Premier League, so so they can focus on getting a good result in this first leg instead of having to use the leeway like he did against Spurs a couple of years ago. What is a good result? Yeah, um, well, I mean, look, presumably we're taking out winning three 0 because yeah, because that's, that's obviously, obviously a good result. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, exactly the context of the question and also the way that we know these games go. Like I'm, I'm thinking. Like if City were to lose two one, wouldn't be the end of the world, because you know we 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 had all the stats from the other week when City went to Dortmund as two one home you know, winners. Yeah, yeah, the 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 two one home wins don't always translate to to going through. Like rarely, in fact. And I always remember growing up watching the Champions League, thinking losing two one away from home is a good result. Um, but obviously everyone focuses on the defeat for about six days and then by the time the game comes around you go oh it's not too bad actually so a 2-1 defeat I would say would be fine if that's what it came down to obviously a 3-2 great really but um, the interesting thing with that is do you remember how so after the Spurs game and obviously Guardiola's plan had backfired a bit with missing the penalty and Spurs scored their goal it was 1-0 Guardiola was literally saying before that game he was like we'll beat them don't worry we'll get to the semi-final you know we'll beat them in front of our fans don't stop talking about last week we'll beat them and it was the same against Liverpool not that he said that before the game but the approach of the players and obviously when City scored that goal about after like two minutes against Liverpool and then and again it was like two minutes against Spurs wasn't it it was like those yeah. flying starts like Obviously, look, not, not going to be in front of fans. But those flying starts, that's exactly what you need if you lose 2-1. But I'm thinking, that's not what Guardiola wants, is it? He doesn't want everyone chucking themselves forward, trying to score trying to score after 30 seconds. He's going to want control the game, attack when it's right, take your chances, which is what he's done the whole way through. So a 2-1 result wouldn't be the end of the world, but he's he'd, he would then work very hard, I think, to tell his players not to... 
not to attack, not full not, throttle not, yeah. from the first minute. Too, just you know, too much just, attacking too just soon is dangerous. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but I mean, look, to be fair, he did that very well against Dortmund because he kept saying in the press conference after the game, he just kept mentioning it. Like I don't think he wasn't making a point. He just kept mentioning it maybe two or three times. How he told the players we have to score. Look, even if we lose or even if it's two one, it's going to go to extra time. It's fine. We just need to score. But then I was like, how have you managed to tell them that you need to score? Like really stress the point that you need to score. And then when you were going to goal down, they didn't go mad and they didn't push forward and remember thinking, oh God, Guardiola says we need to score. We better go and do it. Like they found that balance perfectly. And that was when he gave the answer saying, look, everyone I picked was because they can keep the ball. So they found that balance of keeping things tight and attacking at the right moment, which, so yeah, to answer the question, even if City were to lose 2-1 or ideally 3-2 if they were going to lose, that would be great. Um, but I mean, they're certainly capable of winning. They're cap- they, are, they are capable of of keeping it patient, yeah. not letting PSG counter. Yeah. Um, and, and well, then, yeah taking the chances yeah uh, I just want to finish this week Sam with uh, a word on uh, the leaked kit that's been uh, all over Twitter there's, there's there's photographs first off there were those you know those dodgy oh, yeah. photographs you get that uh, show it on on the shelf in in some shop somewhere in the world uh, yeah. that you think well this this could quite easily just be a forgery that is that people are selling as the next thing it's never never going to be seen in a million years near the players uh, well then a picture of Kevin De Bruyne emerged wearing it um, my only question oh. you you wrote a, a, a piece uh, about the kits uh, not so long ago yeah. and I, all I want to know is how hard is it to get a fucking city kit right <laughs> like how, why I mean, do so be- many people struggle with this it's blue yeah, and white that's all you need to do and the thing is, well, like I've got to say, and this isn't because I, I spoke to them and and they sent me a load of free gear. No, they didn't. Um, the, <laughs> that white shirt this season is really nice, the pinky one, and the away shirt is really nice, but the home one not great. But like as I mentioned in the article, like again, this, this is this is because we're old, mate. Like they're trying to, like with well with the away kits anyway. They're trying to appeal to to young people, you know, the colourful kits. They, you know, they want to sell them to kids and whatever. But yeah, I mean, with the home shirt, that logic doesn't really apply. Um, and they, and then, and the mad thing is, like, this is when we're trying to work out. You know, my my big question this season is, Guardiola's such a genius. He, and I'm not. That's not sarcastic. Guardiola's such a genius. He worked out things needed to change in November, and it worked within well December, and then it worked within two or three games, and they've not looked back, and they've been amazing. But like, if he's such a genius, why didn't he just do it like a month earlier? That's what I'm trying to work <laughs> out. But this is similar with the Puma kit. It's like you've made that amazing kit that they wore at Wembley for the Community Shield. Just, yeah, just do that. Just do year. that. Yeah, it's it's not like, hard. And they were like, when I spoke to them about it, they were like, oh yeah, yeah that sold loads. And it's like obviously it did. Like it's the nicest shirt. Just do that every <laughs> season. Um, I can't I can't remember what they said about the home shirts. Um, but even like even you look at the away shirts, and and this is going to sound like I'm being really facetious now, but I'm not. Um, like how it's not even hard to get the city away kit right because there are traditional sets of colours you can use. You can have white, you can have red and black, you can have uh, that red and black one they had for the cup final warm up against Watford. Which Again, fantastic, really yeah. Um, you can you can have red and black. You can have like you can purple purple um, stripes is fine because they've what these are old city kits that they've worn. Look at what City wore as the away kits in the you know in the. Uh, 
eighties and nineties. And if you if you design something like that, you're onto a winner. And yet, year after year, and yeah. like the, the the home shirt for next season, honestly, I don't even mind the ninety three twenty reference for to mark the ten year anniversary. That's absolutely fine. But the whole yeah. of the front is like a digital clock. Like who who said who said yes? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I mean, maybe this is an article I just do every summer, just like hold <laughs> hold people at City and Puma to account about it. No, I mean, they did have a way. Like, I spoke to them for ages, and they got to the stage where they were like, like the 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 city person in, in charge of doing the interview, like very helpful over the whole thing. Was just like, we better wrap this up now. I was like, yeah, sorry, I've just got like a million questions about this. And they were <laughs> they were great, but it was one of those. You know, what I say, I always say, look, Guardiola could sit us down and say, no, this, this, and this, and you go, oh yeah, obviously you know more than I do. It was that kind of thing. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, you do know the sales, you know, you do know what sales, you do know what's popular, you have done all your research, so fine, benefit of the doubt kind of thing. But yeah, not when you, when you do put it like that, and like I say, that home kit just. Just make that classic kit every year, or like just change it a little bit. Like when was it Umbro who? Yeah. Like around 2010, they changed yeah. it a bit, didn't they? Like the color of the Etihad logo was different from one year to the next, and it was, and there was like a subtle change. But fine, like if you need to do a subtle change, they're fine. But they were nice kits, and obviously, like you say, the red and black stripe. I always think of Gareth Barry when that shirt, or David Silver. Eddie Jacko like, for me at Spurs, but yeah. 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 Well, yeah, fine. And who am I to argue? But yeah, like it does seem like just just do those. But I mean, the away shirt and stuff, fine. Um, this season's better than last season's in terms of their attempts to be different. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up next year. But the home shirts, like the one last year with the, the purple on it, I don't know, bit, no. just a bit odd. Um, and yeah, I, I've not seen too many of the, the leaked ones for next season. But from what I have seen, I just thought, I'm not sure about that one. It's it's a shame because like these are nice people I was speaking to, and it's like they <laughs> they really want to do cool stuff, and it's like just do just do all the mad shit you want to do with the second and third kits. But like, yeah, to go back to what you said, just get the home kit right, please. Just just, just do a blue shirt with like white trim. That's what you yeah. need to do. But uh, even a bit of maroon, I'm happy with that. Fine, it's, it, it looks good. But no, I, I can't. I can't. But this this to be honest, Sam, to to wrap up the show is probably why they need to win the Champions League this season. Can you imagine them? Lift, the can you imagine are, yeah. Them, yeah, all the pictures being of that kit next season. I'm not. <laughs> no, other word. I wonder if I'm trying to think who they could play in the final. Uh, this is the this this is the most ridiculous case of thinking ahead ever. <laughs> not just what happens if City are in the Champions League final, and you know, could they? You know, if they play Chelsea, will they be worried about losing again, like at Wembley or blah blah blah? But what kit? What would kit they will wear? they be wearing? Because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if they were to wear that white pink kit instantly iconic and I, I always liked it anyway that that would work out quite well um but yeah the yeah the, the blue one this year obviously the pattern's a bit odd and, and i can't remember what the justification was in terms i think it's the murals isn't it from the northern yeah. quarter yeah um and i'd like to see but i mean the, the 9320 like they can't say it can't like the, the inspiration can't be a, a digital clock can it <laughs> like because the the, the famous thing <laughs> The famous thing about the goal is now the the time, but it's not the clock face, is it? It's not the font no. that was on the scoreboard. Uh, yeah, well, the score, the irony know. is the scoreboard would never have said that. The scoreboard would always have just said ninety because they don't they don't tell us. 90, how, yeah, yeah they don't tell us how many how much added time there is. So yeah, yeah of those of us um, in the stadium yeah, never know. knew. Like I say, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's a good explanation, and maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll ask I'll ask for it. I won't do an article on it, but maybe I'll ask for it. Or maybe I will. Maybe it'll be a slow summer. <laughs> um, yeah. Unlikely. 
you know it's been a good week when that's how we're finishing this week's show, really. so it's uh, it's 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 all to play for against PSG. Uh, Sam, yeah, hopefully we don't have to do an emergency uh, podcast in the week for yeah. some disaster or <laughs> major incident that's happened. Yeah, that's uh, fingers crossed that uh, that isn't going to be happening. Um, but that's the end for this week's Why Whistles. Uh, I'm David Mooney. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for three pounds ninety nine a month for six months. Just use the code Man City Pod. The Athletic.